I'd rather have angry Justin Bieber fans than angry hockey fans. Oh, speaking of just happy to be here, how about those Canadian teams in the playoffs, huh? When Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, that was like peak hate of the Warriors for me. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. Today, I am Thunderbug, and today I'm joined, as always, by Bernie the St. Bernard. How are you doing today, Jared? I'm doing great. I'm very curious as to where this intro came from. So, Bernie the St. Bernard is the Avalanche mascot, and Thunderbug, the Thunderbug, is Lightning's mascot. Really? I didn't know that was their names. I kind of forget that mascots at the professional level have names, but uh, Thunderbug, that's got to be my top five. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Hey, and congrats to your Lightning, man. Game three win. Game three win, yeah. Kind of a blowout after a blowout the other way in game two. Um, we're recording this on Wednesday, so game four of the series is going to go down tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I hope you guys win it because I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see this thing go seven, and I'm sure you hope you win it, of course. But uh, yeah, so there's been 22 goals scored total three games into this series. That's a lot of offense. It is a lot of offense, and it's just like I talked about with Daniel a couple couple weeks ago. We, we're two very potent teams, and it's just whoever can stifle the other one, you know, more. It's whoever can get the offense stifled. Uh, game one, obviously, was very close. Uh, we Lightning lost in overtime, and I mean, holy cow. We were just gassed. Uh, you can see by the end of it, like, um, all of our, all of our guys on offense are just, just totally gassed. And there was a couple of times where, especially right there at the end, we, we turned a, we had a big penalty. So the Avs got a power play. Um, and you can see, uh, I think it was, I think it was Nick Paul. But, like, the penalty happened and he couldn't go off the ice because of the rules of the – I think it was an icing penalty. And he was just devastated. Those guys needed a break so bad. And I think – I think the, the Avs came into the series a little bit more refreshed since, obviously, they swept in their series prior to this and the, the Lightning kind of had to gut it out against the Rangers. But uh, game two is bad. Yeah, game two was a rough one, um, but the, what I'm starting to realize, um, and it's not really surprising, but home ice advantage is huge because you guys turned it around in game three back home and kind of gave the Avs a taste of their own medicine in that one. Um, and I think there's something to be said for not having to sleep in a hotel and not having to take a bus to the arena and all that stuff that you don't have to do when you're at home. I think those things make a difference in a series where two teams are so um, neck and neck in terms of talent. So I, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if the home team won every game in this series, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a, 
this could be, you know, the Lightning doing what they did in the conference finals and falling down 2 nothing to the Rangers. And I'm not trying to compare the Avs to the Rangers in terms of uh, ability to blow a lead. But, um, <laughs> but it, I mean, we could be seeing the same thing happen here. I mean, you don't – you can never count Tampa Bay out just because of the experience that we've talked about several times on the show over the last few weeks, uh, when you win two Stanley cups in a row and you're back in your third, you're not going to be phased by much. Um, so this thing is far from over. And I would say, you know, even if you guys lose game four here on Wednesday and go down three, one, you know, you have your backs against the walls, but I wouldn't count you out just yet either. So I don't know. I mean, well, the important thing to remember is, the lightning isn't over till you hear the thunder. Boom. Well said. Well said. Uh, well, you know who did hear the thunder, and it is over. Uh, unfortunately, the Celtics, um, for all our Celtics fans out there, congrats to the Warriors on winning another title. Uh, the fourth one in six years. It's pretty crazy what they've been able to do over there down in Golden State. They had the big parade this week. Uh, celebrated, lived it up. I still don't think they had quite as much fun as uh, your boy Brady did a year ago <laughs> or so at his parade, but uh, they were having a good time. Clay Thompson was was uh, having himself a day. Um, but yeah, the Warriors, uh, no big surprise, are your NBA champions again. Yeah, they... Um... Like we talked about before, they they were playing really well. They were playing up to their potential, um, and I think that's, you know, they have a super high ceiling, and if they play up to that potential, we're going to keep seeing them in the playoffs and in the finals. Yeah, I mean, as long as time that, and time again. that core group stays together as Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson, I mean, that's a – as talented a trio as there is in the NBA and kind of what I was just talking about with the lightning and experience and being there so much, uh, the warriors have written that textbook in the last half a decade plus, And uh, they just weren't phased by the few hiccups they ran into in the first couple games, uh, a big loss there in Boston and it just didn't get to them. And what I noticed out of the Celtics in the, especially toward the end of that series was in both games five and six, Boston had a really good start. Um, you know, they came out with a fire lit underneath them. Uh, they just dumped it on the Warriors in the first quarter in the first half, but they just completely fell apart in the second half and they couldn't close them out. And you have to be able to close a team like Golden State out or this is what's going to happen. So uh, Boston, unfortunately for them, just became the latest victim Um you know, ask the Cavs how this feels. <laughs> They've been there a time or two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't help but just tip my hat to Golden State. They were far and above the better team and they were the uh, best team in the NBA this year. So what's new there? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, I know it's, it's really easy and I've done it myself and I'll do it in the future. It's really easy to hate those teams that are perennially there in the playoffs, in the championships, you know, your, your dynasties, your Patriots, your warriors, mm -hmm. um, you know, or your individual players, your LeBrons, your Brady's, 
Um, but kind of hates winners. I mean, to put it oversimplified. Yeah. And I mean, it, that's totally fair. Cause like I said, I do it. I've done it. I'll do it again. All done it. As sports fans, I don't think I, you will not meet a tried and true sports fan that doesn't have some sort of ire or disdain for a Tom Brady or a Steph Curry or a LeBron James. Um, you won't find somebody that I think's like, okay with all of those guys and all of those teams. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you do have to respect the fact, and especially I think in the case of Golden State, of all the pieces that they have had to put together to create this team and keep it viable for so long. Um, well, that's... yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I was just no. going to say real quick that you remember a couple of years ago when Golden State lost – uh, the finals to the Raptors uh, in kind of an upset in a lot of people's eyes. Mining, yeah. There was a lot of talk swirling around them then that, uh, you know, is this the end of the dynasty? And uh, oh, I think a lot of that was obviously wishful thinking um, on some of the media's part and some fans' part. Um, but then, you know, they, they failed to make the finals the next the next two years. And of course, one of those years was the bubble year down in Orlando. And um, there was a lot of variables in that, but last year, you know, they, they weren't able to get through and get into the even playoff field. They lost in that play in tournament. So I think a lot of people really thought um, that they might be seeing the end here. And I don't know, based off of what I saw out of these finals, like you said, uh, the Warriors might not be going anywhere if they continue to play like this. Yeah, and I mean, there's so much that goes into making a team. And, you know, I think one their their core guy right now, the face of the franchise, if you will, is Steph Curry. Maybe the face of the league, honestly. Yeah, and Golden State, you know, sometimes you luck into that generational talent. But, you know, I think in basketball especially, more so than any sport, um finding that talent is not as easy as just watching the college, you know, the players come from high school, go to college to the league. You have so many guys that, and I guess maybe not in basketball, especially, but because you do see it in uh, MLB as well. Uh, but these guys that come from overseas that, you know, there's a, it, it takes, I think a lot more, scouting in the NBA than it does in the NFL to no find doubt. those players. And I'm glad you bring that up because Steph Curry, he didn't come from Duke or North Carolina or, you know, Kansas, one of these big basketball schools mm-hmm. he came from little old Davidson. And that's a theme that we kind of see over and over, especially recently in the league star players. I'll bring my guy into it. Damian Lillard, Weber state, um, former trailblazer and now new Orleans Pelican. CJ McCollum, Lehigh, like these are not premier sports schools, really. And they have produced some of the best players we see in the game right now. Um, and I think there's something to be said for that. And I do agree with what you're saying that with basketball, it feels like more than any other sport. Um, this talent can come from quite literally anywhere, whether it's small yeah. schools overseas, like we've seen with Luca or, 
you know, and yeah, it can obviously come from the big schools too, but uh, it's, you know, in football, you're right. You have a lot more of your Alabamas and Clemson's. And if you were to look through any NFL roster right now and go through these guys as colleges, you would see a lot of SEC schools. Um, Go look at an NBA team's roster and see where they went to school. And you're going to see places from overseas. You're going to see tiny schools. You're going to see a healthy mix of all of it that you won't see in other sports. So that's a really good point. Yeah. And I'm also a little, uh, that ties into something else I want to talk about too. Have you watched the movie hustle yet? I have not. You told me about it. You told me I need to, but I have not uh, done my homework and watched it yet. You should watch it. And this goes to everybody out here that is a basketball fan at any level hustle is adam sandler movie and i know you're gonna hear that right now and be like because i mean we know adam sandler you know he's got some classic comedies happy gilmore um billy madison all that stuff but you know a lot of his more recent stuff is you know kind of middle school level humor movies and (laughs) the last sports movie that uh happy madison had to do with was the uh Oh shoot! What's that Sean Payton movie? Um, oh, um, oh, I don't remember the one with Kevin James. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, shoot. Uh, what's that name? Is it, that uh, home team. That doesn't sound right. Home that's, team. Yeah. No, that's oh, right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, which? Whew, that is a. I don't know if you ever watched that. It I haven't is, seen uh, that one yet either. It's something, you know, and I, I went into watch. Oh, excuse me. Um, I went into hustle with the kind of the, after the mindset of home team, like, Oh, Billy Madison, Adam Sandler's touched this. It's, it's going to start off kind of like as a serious story, which home team is talking about a coach. I was accused of cheating in the NFL, pretty serious topic. And they're gonna they're gonna goof it up at some point. They're gonna make a poop joke. They're gonna <laughs> no, like it's it's got some light beats of comedy, but it's amazing. It is a great movie. It is a fa- is a movie made by basketball fans for basketball fans. The amount of NBA players they have in this movie is staggering. Yeah, and it it's incredible. Uh, I, Adam Sandler's a huge basketball guy. He loves it. Uh, and from what, uh, rumors that are out there, he's pretty good at the game too. Like he's, he's like played one-on-one against NBA players and they've obviously like, you know, cooked him, but they've all kind of said, you know, he can hold his own for a little bit. So he's a big basketball guy. That doesn't surprise me that he made a a really quality basketball movie. However, I will say this about some of his other movies. Did you see that, uh, the water boy, uh, actually started an NFL career. I did not see that. So Cardinals player Rich Ornberger tweeted out the other day. Um, he said, true story. The movie Waterboy convinced me to try out for my middle school football team, and I ended up in the NFL. So thank you for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I mean, there's success stories like that, too, and even some of the uh, – the more questionable Sandler movies, which don't get me wrong. I love Waterboy, but I oh, know Waterboy is a classic, man. I know what you're saying. He's got some movies that are real head scratchers, but uh, I'll have to give hustle a try. Yeah. It, it's really, really good. 
Um, and I, I clearly, I don't know enough about the NBA because I thought going into it, it's not based on a true story, but I kind of thought it was like going into it. And then I found out it wasn't. And I was like, Oh boy, that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Cause in, in, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a good movie. It, I, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. I'll have to check it out and all our listeners out there do the same. Yeah. Um, but moving on from that, I know you have kind of a different topic that you wanted to talk about. I today. do. I do. Uh, we haven't talked about it much, if at all, really on the show up to this point, but golf professional golf is kind of making headlines right now uh, across the sports world because of the new league that's kind of come into play here um, and has become a major player. I sent you a video over the weekend. Did you get a chance to watch it? Um, unlike you, I did do my homework. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> that's all right. I get, I get the shade and I deserve it. Um, <laughs> but a little brief synopsis for our listeners out there who might not know what I'm talking about. Um, everyone knows about the PGA tour. It's been the uh, highest level of pro golf in the country for a long time and now steps into the ring liv live golf it's another league um and when this first started i don't think a lot of people even if you know even if you had been one of the few that had heard about it probably didn't think it was going to turn into what it's turned into but suddenly this summer live golf has kind of enticed and sniped many of the PGA tours, best players to go play in their league. Um, guys like Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson. And most recently this week, Brooks Kopka, um, who is a four-time major champion. Like these are big names. Um, and what would entice them over? Of course, the almighty dollar. Uh, Live Golf is offering huge purses and payouts in some of their events uh, that's gotten these guys to, I mean, th these guys are going to make a lot of money just by participating. Like even if they finish dead last in the field at whatever event they're at, they're going to make a lot of money and more than they would make in the PGA. Um, of course, over the course of a year in a lot of cases. Yeah. Like it won't, it's not going to take long. Um, so what's the big issue here, a guy leaving a league for another league to make a lot of money, you know, it's not super surprising. What's the problem. Well, the moral conundrum here is that Live Golf is a Saudi Arabian-backed golf league, um, and this, the Saudis are, you know, have been questionable in their history with human rights um, and just kind of on a global stage, to say the least. And so it kind of brings into play that moral dilemma of you know, do you, re are you really going to take more money to play for uh, a group that has been associated with stuff like that? Um, and it's a big, it's a big point of contention right now with the PGA um, and its players, current and former um, and fans and media. I mean, it's, it's the big thing people are talking about. It takes something big for golf to be kind of put into the limelight of sports. Um, not to like, I know that sounds mean and I'm, I'm someone who's like getting into golf more as we speak. Um, and I'm finding it more enjoyable to play and watch. 
but um it it's not i mean let's just not make any bones about it golf is not something you're gonna typically go and you know tune into for four hours like you might a football game like it's just unless not, you are our friend mark then you will tune in for golf. True, true we do have some buddies that are big golfers um and i do see the appeal of it like i said it's it's getting its hooks into me but um for golf to be kind of the front of the sports news cycle is big and it's big because of this. And it would be one thing if you had kind of lesser known players from the PGA going, um, going to play and live. But now with, with these household names, like it's, it's a big deal. And I I'm trying to decide personally where I fall on this side of the fence, because on one side, uh, one side of it, these guys have every right to leave the PGA and pursue different playing options like there's no as far as i can tell they're not breaching any contracts i mean they're giving up their you know benefits of playing the pga obviously knowingly but they're not they're not breaching any contracts they're not you know under they're not anybody here they're just they're going somewhere else with a better opportunity it's it's how that league is funded i think that has a lot of people raising their hackles but i'll kind of turn it over to you since you watched the video i sent you what's your takeaway from it yeah so you basically covered all the big points you know it was funded by the saudis and they're losing a lot of people like this to me again because i always try to tie everything into football is like if the usfl had started and you had uh, you know russell wilson signed with a usfl team and then you had, um, you know, and then you had, uh, I keep wanting to say Steph Curry now because we talked about him earlier and oh, he is not was, a football player. But if it was a basketball thing, yeah, like Steph Curry, like big names. Yeah, yeah, it's it's these guys that are, you know, in the world of golf household names just, just going to this. Um, and... I'll give you, I'll give you, I, I have two kind of, you know, I think it's the, the two sides of the coin kind of thing. Cause one, I am a fan of competition. I am, I've stated before on the podcast. I like when new leagues come up that challenge the status quo. I like spring football leagues. I, I think that competition builds better you know, builds a better product, so to speak, when the sport and is the product. And obviously this is better for the athletes. There's guys that are making more money with live than they would make in a year, possibly a career with PGA. Um, and there's been several of the athletes that have joined live or that are supporting live that say, Hey, I'm only supporting this. I'm only doing this because golf needs to innovate golf needs to modernize that being said i don't know that it's worth you know handcuffing or shackling yourself to the saudis their their track record is rather shaky as you said before and again watch this video Urinating Tree does a great job breaking it down and explaining everything. Um, but man, I 
I really think you're starting to to you uh, drift on that moral compass if you're if you're saying okay I'm going to overlook these horrid horrid things because they got money <clears throat> because I think right now in sports and again this isn't just NFL or golf or anything we're getting to this point, which I'm sure we've been at for a longer time, but I think it's just becoming more and more evident to me as a fan that if you have enough money, nothing matters. It doesn't matter what you do. And we'll talk about it more later, but you can sexually assault an alleged 24 women, and as long as you have the money to pay them enough hush money, you can get away with it. You know, you can do just about anything. And if you have enough money, it'll be okay. And I think overlooking what the Saudis have done in their track record um, and the way, you know, they, they run their country still, I think tying, tying your links and your league to that is dangerous, and I think you are promoting and supporting, you know, something that is that is kind of evil. Yeah, um, sadly, you're right. Uh, money talks, and I think what it's saying, right? I mean, I've heard the term "blood money" used for. Uh, what the what live golf is paying out um and i can't entirely disagree with it quite frankly um i think what you're going to see is you're going to see these 48 players that join um this league i think it says something about their moral compass i'm not going to say it says everything about them i'm not going to say it you know defines them even but it says something um and uh you know these guys who play in the pga um yeah they, the pga is not offering the same kind of purses that uh live is offering right now i think lives purse for their for their big tournaments is uh 25 million each tournament so the purse is the total payout split through all the all the places and even if you were to finish dead last 48th in the field, like I was saying, in one of their um, big tournaments here, you still walk away with $120,000 in your pocket. Um, that's not stuff that's quite offered in the PGA. However, if you are playing golf at that level, you're that good and you are good enough to play in the PGA and stay there, um, you're not starving. You know, you're still making good money, really good money. Um, so I'll say that too. And, uh, the PGA has kind of explored avenues to combat this a little bit. I saw last week, they are going to introduce, I think starting next year in 2023, they're going to introduce eight, um, no cut events. 
which, you know, currently they have events where if you finish below a certain threshold, you're at risk of not being on the PGA anymore. Um, and they're going to introduce eight events where there is no threshold like that. Your spot on the tour is safe, um, regardless of where you finish. Um, I think they're trying to do whatever they can to entice their current members to stay. Um, because obviously, you know, they are not a fan of this. Um, and I think if you want to put the money argument aside, the human rights argument aside, all of that aside for a second, uh, I do think there's something to be said for loyalty too. Um, and a lot of these golfers would not be uh, the household names they are without the PGA. Um, you know, obviously you earn your spot to get there, but uh, the PGA kind of makes you what you are after a while, I think. And uh, to just up and leave it, um, I don't know. Like I said, I've, I've been flipping this over in my mind on what side of the fence I fall on. Um, and I, I just don't know yet, but it's definitely an interesting, uh, it's an interesting moral conundrum to, to ponder here. Um, and you and I, who are probably never going to be faced with this choice, unless we get real good at golf real quick, um, I think we can look at it from a very objective point of view that these guys, you know, the guys who are actually making the decisions. I don't know, man. I just don't know what to make of it, but I, th I felt it was something that we should probably talk about because it is a big thing happening in the world of sports right now. Um, and it'll be interesting to see through the rest of this summer, uh, how many more guys end up going, how many guys end up, staying on the PGA and seeing how these two leagues uh, kind of combat with each other in the years to come and what comes of live golf and what comes of the PGA. Um, it'll be, it'll be something to follow for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have any more golf talk. Um, it, we want to move on. Uh, the other thing we wanted to talk about, Justin kind of alluded to it a little bit ago, um, but Deshaun Watson and his case with Cleveland right now, uh, or his, his, uh, time in Cleveland has uh, took another twist and turn. Um, he has settled in court with 20 of the 24, um, accusers. Um, and I'll, I'll open it to you first to start talking about that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing entirely new to bring up with this other than the fact that Deshaun Watson has found settlements with 20 of the 24 accusers. Uh, the, the primary accuser, the first one to come out still has not taken a settlement and the lawyer and her lawyer is totally planning on going to court, which I, uh, you know, good for those four women for not taking the money, especially with, um, how things come out, we've got text, we've got so many different accounts of, you know, what's happened that, you know, at, at this point, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say there's not a possibility that some of these, some of these women might be, you know, trying to, you know, make a quick buck, but I think the vetting process has been good. And I think Deshaun Watson is, you know, has done these horrible things that these women are saying. Um, 
you know, and we don't know the the in the total deal. Obviously, there's going to be the money uh, that he is going to be paying each of these women, and I'm sure that comes with a non-disclosure agreement of some sort that they are no longer allowed to talk about. You know, Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns, the Houston Texans, uh, things like that. Um, but I mean, holy cow, when is the league going to step in? Like, I know I've said this before, but holy crap, at what point is the league going to say something or do something? Every day that, uh, they sit back and don't, it's a worse and worse look for them. Um, because I, I mean, you said it earlier, you know, you can get away with a lot when you have enough money but I can't think of another venue in the professional working society and world where you could have these kind of allegations against you and still not only have uh, your current employment, but also have the potential to make the amount of money that Deshaun Watson is about to make with Cleveland. Um, who a little side note I read also Cleveland said they're going to bite a certain chunk of Baker's salary now too, um, which I think is hilarious that they have to, but um, that's beside the point. I just, there's no other place in the real world where um, this would get this far with an employer. And um, the NFL is a very special case, obviously, but I agree with you. Um, when is enough going to be enough for Roger Goodell and the league offices to come down on this situation and intervene and do the right thing? I mean, it probably is not going to happen, quite frankly, because we've seen this before with the league that uh, we know what's okay in the league and we know what's not okay. And here you have Calvin Ridley, who's going to sit out an entire year because he gambled. Um, he, he gambled on, on football games. Um, it's ridiculous, man. It's just, there's, there's no two ways about it. It's just so ridiculous. I mean, that's all I can really say about it. Yeah. I, um, Brandon Perno of that good sports had a, uh, I think a good idea that Deshaun Watson should be suspended a one game for every accusation that was levied against him. So that'd be 24 games. That would be, you know, over a year out of the league. And I know some people would be like, oh, that totally screws the Cleveland Browns. The, the Browns knew what they were getting into. The Browns screwed themselves. Let's get yeah. that straight. <laughs> um, you know, no one else but uh, that organization did this to them. Um yeah, exactly. They knew what they were getting into. Uh, the, don't tell me that um, before acquiring a player like Deshaun Watson, who already had all this stuff out uh, out there about him, don't tell me an organization doesn't explore every uh, possible, you know, route, I guess. And if they didn't, that's on them. Like, quite frankly, I there's no sympathy here for the organization from me. Or from you, I know that. I mean, and there shouldn't be from yeah. anybody. Um, and, you know, this is, you know, we've voiced on our show many times our opinions on how they've handled this whole situation, including the Baker Mayfield side of it. Um, but 
I don't know. It's just another, it's, it's just another bend in that very windy road. And it's just, I don't see the league stepping in to do anything, but I don't see even if Watson's not suspended at all and he plays every game, this is not a win for the Browns. Like, let's get that very clear that even if he doesn't miss a second of game time uh, this season or beyond, it's not like the Browns, uh, they didn't win the court of public opinion, as they call it. Let's say that uh, maybe outside of Browns fans. I don't think there's a lot of people around the NFL world right now, fans of other teams who are looking at this situation and thinking it's okay. Yeah. And I mean, if you were ever appalled by the Ben Roethlisberger situation, this is that on freaking crack. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's bad. Like, you know, I think that I think there's this general feeling of um, it's not that it, it's not any more serious than the Ben Roethlisberger thing, just because um, it's been in the news for so long that it's nothing shocking and new about it at this point. But let's get this clear. This is 24 alleged victims. OK, that's this is serious. <laughs> This is this is not something to just be, you know, brushed off like it's a ho-hum deal. Like, this is a big deal. And um, people have made their minds up already, I think, for the most part, on how they feel about this situation, how they feel about the Browns. Um, so I, I, I just – it's kind of a waiting game right now. What's going to happen next? What's – you know, is the league going to do anything? I'm kind of personally of the opinion that they're not at this point. But I might be wrong. Uh, I hope I'm wrong um what's gonna happen there and I just don't know at this point but uh I'll say it again I've said it before I hope the Browns don't win a single game in 2022 um you can put me in the books as saying that and I know you feel the same way yeah yep 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 uh yeah so I guess with that in the rearview mirror, um, we've congratulated our NBA champions. We are still wholeheartedly invested into the Stanley Cup finals as they plug along. We've talked about the golf conundrum. Uh, I think it's time for shout outs and call outs. Yeah. Um, boy, I. You know, I'm going to I'm going to stick with my shout out I was originally going to go with. I thought about it, I kind of went back and forth. Um I am going to shout out uh Vaskalensky or excuse me, Vasilevsky. I added an N in there. Uh our Lightning goaltender. Um you know, he's had some bad some struggled struggling moments. Uh, over the course of this series, but man, he is out there facing off against, you know, what I called and I stand by one of the most, if not the most potent offense in hockey and, you know, letting three go in like the first, um, it, almost immediately in the first game. And then stopping him all the way until overtime in that first game was awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's a good one. Um, 
There's a couple that came to mind for me this week, but I am going to go with the guy we talked about earlier on the show, Steph Curry. It, uh, you know, might be seen as a cop-out one, um, but I've got to go with Steph because in that game six against Celtics, he put on a vintage show, did what he was supposed to do as the leader of that team on the road in Boston. He put up 34 points, uh, was perfect on his free throws. He went six for 11 on threes. Uh, he was just the guy. He played 40 minutes of the game. Um, he was exactly who uh, the Warriors expect him to be, and he delivered again in a big moment and brought another championship to Golden State. So I've got a shout out, Steph. All right, that's a that's a good one. All right, call outs. Do you got a call out this week? Uh, I do. Oh. Um, I do have a call out. Uh, this is again a an area of the uh sports world that we really don't talk about um but formula one formula one red bull racer uh yuri vips um was suspended uh for using a racial slur i did not hear about this um Yeah, he uh, used a racial slur during a live stream. And so Red Bull Racing has put him or suspended him. And then he has since apologized on Instagram. And I guess there's an investigation going on um, about his use of offensive language. So that is my call out for this week. Um, all right. That's a good one. Mine kind of uh, pales in comparison to that. But uh I'm going to call out the Chicago Cubs. Um, They didn't do any like one thing that was call out worthy, but on Monday this week, uh, you know, remember when we went into the season and we talked about, you know, how many times are we going to call the pirates out this year? Cause the pirates made our list often last season. Yes, they did. Oh my gosh. The pirates were something. The pirates beat the Cubs 12 to one on Monday night. Um, Yikes. And now it was in Pittsburgh, so I guess we'll give them that. But And then the Cubs are not having a good year either. In fact, they're actually having a worse year than the Pirates. But to, to be on the other end of a double-digit slacking by the Pirates, really not good. Um, Cubs fans have got to be feeling the deepest pits of despair right now. So I've got to just pile on to them and call out their team. Cubs, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um that that's mine this week. Fair enough. That's good. Then. Uh, but other than that, I don't have anything else unless you do. No, I think that's uh, all I've got for the day. All right. Well, we've talked about it all. We talked a little hockey. We talked a little basketball, talked a little football, talked a little golf, a little formula one. It was a well-rounded episode of the expansion buddies. Uh, yeah. We, we want to uh, thank all of you for listening to us. Uh, wherever you listen from, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the can on a string, uh, we appreciate you listening with us uh, and, and taking the week off with us last week yeah, so, uh, after a little one-week hiatus. And then pretty soon, uh, no big spoilers yet, but Justin and I, we're going to take a little time off here in the summer, but don't worry, we'll still have something for you all to listen to. Um, 
they, I mean, everything we do is pre-recorded, but these are going to be really pre-recorded for you. So uh, we won't spoil <laughs> it yet, but uh, the way it's shaping up right now, our kind of plan was to go until the end of the uh, NBA finals and the Stanley cup finals. So probably next week's going to be our last normal episode for about a month. Um, but by that time, we're going to have some other stuff ready for you guys to, to listen to. Uh, and get you through into August where then it'll be back up football talk heavy. Um, and so, so stick around for that. Stay tuned for that, but we appreciate you all for listening. Uh, check us out on Twitter or Instagram at the expansion BU one. That's the number one, same handle for both. Uh, check us out there. Um, thanks again for listening, everyone. I've been Jared. That's been Justin and never forget party. Like it's 1976.